BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Portrait. I am Renzi. Level three. Hey, you know what? Maybe we got to buy some of that TB12 gear to support him here. <laughs> Can you? I'm just thinking about their divorce and stuff. I am Gabriel Morancy, Sir Six M Channel 159. Look, she's got all this money, right? So she's reportedly worth four or five hundred million dollars. Um, he's worth a couple of hundred mil. So, all right, you both have money. So what's your problem? Like, wouldn't I would you know why? You know, I, I imagine there was prenups and all this type of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? When they got married, she was richer than he was, and I don't think no. And it's not a jury like this stuff. It's a judge. No judge would say, "Oh, Tom Brady, you're going to get fifty percent of Giselle's money." But I'm just thinking out loud here right now because I don't know. There was a report she just hired like a big time, like some big time lawyers, and you know she ain't going to be playing around here. What if she like rolled in and like she said, you know what? I missed out on like four hundred million dollars worth of modeling because of this guy and taking care of the kids. Like, what if it gets nasty or something like that? You know what I mean? Uh, let's put it this way: all you need to know, the Vancouver Canucks owner, this guy's refusing to pay child support. There's a story; it's pretty ugly. Like, there's been a lot of accusations around this team and this guy. It's funny because Vancouver's a very sort of like politically correct city like people like don't stand for that stuff yet the canucks are kind of in one of these weird deals where if you just sort of look around the canucks it's like really oh there's a lot of weird like really that act like and they're not just accusations like point blank basically the owner of vancouver canucks wife came out and said that that uh the owner of the canucks refuses to pay child support and basically, she he won't pay for his daughters to go to university. Guy owns a hockey team worth uh, one point six billion dollars, and like about like the daughters are like they're getting they got a letter like they're gonna get kicked out of university and stuff. They go to like fancy school, whatever university, whatever it is. Um, but like the people are sort of like saying sort of like the thing like sort of like the the Phoenix guy, like bro, you got to sell the team type thing. Like, there's been other accusations of of sexual this and that sort of around the team and this with the owner. And now, now like, his wife, like, it's not accusation. She was in, on the news. She said, I just want to let you know that my husband, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks, won't pay for his own daughter's university tuition. <laughs> he couldn't even deny it. She's in court. Like, they, she filed a court, like, he's in violation of his court payments type thing. And he's saying, oh, no, you guys don't know the truth. She's asking for more than whatever. It's like, well, dude, you own a hockey team, man. Like, you're trying to sell season tickets to women. Like, this is not a good look. Like, plus your team sucks. You don't spend money on players. You, you change your uniform all the time for the worse. <laughs> I can go on. Countdown to kickoff is on. And countdown to first pitch is on as well, man. What what a weekend it's going to be. Worlds are colliding. 
Worlds collide uh, this week. We got football. We got hockey. We've got baseball. Um, we've got uh, we got baseball series prices posted right now. Aaron Judge hit the home run uh, tonight, but. I, I can't lie. Like, we're talking about all this stuff. We were just talking with Bob Ryan. Always a pleasure talking with the great Bob Ryan about the Celtics stuff, which is just sort of twisted, like that whole, you know, we don't need to know what people's personal lives are and this and that, but it is a, a strange story that was handled strangely. Now you got Tom Brady and his big divorce uh, thing that's coming up right now. But all, all the while, I'm just thinking, all right, how does this affect this for betting purposes? The Boston Celtics, I think it does affect them. This guy was a good coach. He was pretty, you know what I mean? He was very, he, he held everybody accountable, that dude, last year for the Celtics. They were good with him. They were better with him than they were with Stevens. I don't see how they're going to be better now with this dude coming in here. Now the players are going to sort of have to coach themselves. And, you know, I don't think it kills them, but I don't think it helps them. Like, this doesn't help the Boston Celtics. As far as Tom Brady is concerned, Tom Brady, as Bob Ryan just stated, is able to compartmentalize things and, you know, what's going on in his personal life, I don't think will affect what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think Tom Brady's biggest problem with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now is he hasn't had wide receivers to throw the football to. Right? Like, if, if he gets his guys and he gets, although Godwin just seems destined to be hurt all the time. But all the while this happens, my mind is just spinning. It's just going on here. Just Denver, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Denver, Denver, Denver. We're getting close to drawing the line in the sand and making the Denver Broncos our pick for the Shady Five. So we can't get this wrong, right? Like, we, we've set the bar high. I've already been wrong once. Uh, I don't want to be wrong again for our team. We're 17-2-1 right now. And we're all going to be wrong eventually. Cam and Merrill, the last one standing. Ranieri's got a push. Ranieri got us a... Uh, we got half a point for that, so it's not a loss. Bovey bit the bullet with the Broncos. I bit the bullet in week two with the Seahawks. There's a lot of pressure on all of us to deliver, all right? And you know what? I'm buying in that the Denver Broncos can deliver. Let's see what Merrill says next. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Sports Grid Radio Network. Somebody here, 1090 ESPN Radio. Let's do this thing. Let's bring in uh, Steve Merrill. I look forward to getting his thoughts on uh, the the National Football League uh, card this week. And of course, uh, me and Steve are teammates on the Shady Five. Uh, but the playoff bracket is starting to take shape right now, and it has in the American League. Steve Merrill, WagerTalk.com steps up and in. Steve, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing tonight? 
Doing well, Gabe. I'm multitasking here. I'm trying to put a bid in for the Aaron Judge ball as we speak online. What should, how, how, how should I go? You're good with memorabilia. You know, it's funny, actually. There's a crypto, um, some crypto company out there that's put it out there. We'll, we'll give you a million dollars. Supposedly, he's already been offered $2 million, Stephen. It's crazy because when we talked about the appraisals and all that a couple of weeks ago, they were saying 500000 Now it's up to $2 million. I personally think it's excessive. And then you get into the debate, Steve. Is this the... Is this the ball, or is 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 Barry Bonds the all-time home run? You know, you know, type of deal. I think two million is a little excessive, but the fact that he's a Yankee, I think, adds to the way. Like, if, imagine Steve if he was a Kansas City Royal or a Minnesota Twin, the ball wouldn't be worth as much. But they're saying two million right now, Steve. Yeah, and it's a Yankee beating the Yankee record. There's no question about it. And it is the all-time American League, which is pretty cool. But um, the other thing too is that we talked about this last week. There's only one game remaining. He probably doesn't play tomorrow. I would think. So you don't have to worry about number 63 being hit because that was the big thing you'd had to worry about if there's like seven games left that that ball is no longer the record ball if another home run is hit. Yeah, I know, but it's the one that breaks it, but it's a good point. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? worth less. Put it this way. Yeah, put it this way. If I bought the damn ball, I wouldn't want him to hit another one. I'd be, no, no, that's the last one that exactly. was hit, right? No, I hear what you're saying. But how about this, Steve? The fact that the record was 61 and he breaks the record 61 years later which that's just a little bit of like, okay, you know, random numbers come into place. But how about this, Steve? I'll double down on this. The Yankees' record coming into tonight was 99-61, and 61, okay? So the record now, Steve, is 99-62. and 62. Aaron Judge wears number 99 and hit home run number 62. Oh, wow, I see where you're going with that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. See, I doubled up. Not too bad. I was going somewhere. How about that, huh, Steve? So the Yankees are now 99-62 and 62 after losing tonight. And Aaron Judge wears number 99 and hit home run number 62, Steve. Yeah, but Gabe, I can't read these things too closely because if we'd seen it that way, if we talked Friday on Saturday was October 1st, and that's exactly when Roger Maris hit it apparently in 1961. So Aaron Judge was batting on October 1st, exactly 61 years later to the day with 61 home runs. And he was apparently batting at the same time, like his fourth at bat on Saturday. Oh, really? They had the same, yeah, like, I mean, what, at like 2.38 in the I, afternoon I or something? <laughs> he either walked or struck out. He didn't get the hit, obviously. But I was like, oh, my goodness. I'm glad I didn't know that in advance. I would have bet some heavy money on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, there's some of these, some of these number weird things. I don't know. Is it science? Is it some sort of weird matrix? Yeah, or is it, yeah, you're saying coincidence? You're not a conspiracy theorist, coincidence? No, but it did get me thinking. When I heard that on the replay, I was like, oh, God, if I'd known that ahead of time, I would have been like, this is what he said to for sure. <laughs> there's been a lot of that stuff. There's there, there, there there's a lot of that sort of weird numbers, uh, weird weird numbers. Is is it a coincidence? I don't know. Um, I'm always fascinated by it, though. So, um, so, yeah, we got the Blue Jays and the Mariners, uh, Steve. And I tell you what, um, the odds makers posted the Toronto Blue Jays minus 180 series favorites and it hasn't um it hasn't come down it hasn't moved to be honest this is what they set uh FanDuel playoff matchups Seattle Mariners plus 154 Toronto Blue Jays minus 180 all three games in Toronto guys just to explain I know it's it's, it's whatever new format every year <laughs> it's like a beer softball league MLB new format every year but they're wild card this year best of three series but nobody travels so the, uh, the 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 higher seed gets the uh, the home field advantage. So Seattle will play Friday, Saturday, and then potentially Sunday in the six against the Blue Jays. Steve is minus one eighty, a little too high. Yeah, you know, with home field in baseball, it's about batting last in the ninth. There's not a lot of a home field advantage. Doesn't mean much, right? You don't influence the umpires or the officials like you do, you know, in hockey or basketball or even in unless NFL. we're talking about Coors Field and we'll get the mile high after. I, it's, I think it's meaningless. Well, I think but, it's but irrelevant. Yeah. Though, Gabe, is you can make a case Toronto is one of those rare teams that has an extreme home road dichotomy. And obviously, some of it had to do with the vaccine mandates this year. You know, teams didn't have all their players, but they've been a much better team at home for several years now. And you can weigh in on that as well as anybody being a Toronto guy. No, but but this year, Steve, they're both. That's I wanted to say that the, the Blue Jays are a good home team. They are a good home team, but um, they're 47 and 34 at home, Steve. They're 44 and 35 away. The Seattle Mariners are 44 and 35 at home and 44 and 37 away. So you get where we're going with this? Like, it doesn't really matter where these teams play, really. Well, one thing that jumps out to me is Seattle does not have a hitter-friendly ballpark, so I do think their road numbers are usually a little better offensively, and obviously Toronto is a fairly offensive-friendly park. I mean, they're good offensively everywhere pretty much. Um, I like to look at close games as well when looking at teams, you know, because I think it is playoff baseball now. The Blue Jays are 30-19 and 19 in one-run games this year. Mariners 33-22, and 22, and if you recall last year, they're an incredibly good one-run team, the Mariners, and they had the longest North American sports streak not making the playoffs since 01, I think, when they won like 116 games, so... Yeah, this is new uncharted territory for Seattle, but I think that could be a dangerous underdog. 
you know, I think they are live at the price, Dave, because they're very equally matched teams. But I think Toronto are just a little bit deeper. And even though we talk about home field not fully mattering, I think in, in, a, in a spot like this, you know, if you're playing three games in a row in the same stadium, you know, it's you should be able to grind two wins out, right? But the fact is, man, you get into these three-game sets, it's, you know, they're always dangerous. Even the five-game series is where, like, when the road team wins early. But, like, if Seattle wins, bro, if, like, a, the, the road team takes game one on Friday, puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the home team on Saturday, Steve. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, whoever wins game one is going to be putting a lot of pressure on the team, right? Because then they got to win back-to-back games. Um, it's about the pitching. We'll have to see what the rotations are. Have you seen any of the starters yet for these series? Yeah, it'll be Manoa. It'll be Manoa for the um, Manoa versus Castillo. Yeah. All right, Manoa versus Castillo. And it's pretty evenly pitched, the, the matchup, the, the pitching matchup. I mean, they've they got Robbie Ray, the former Blue Jay. they got Robbie Ray, and they got Logan Gilbert. They've, they've got uh, they got Louis Castillo. The Jays are going to go with Manoa, Gossman, and then probably Stripling or Barrios. Barrios has been good at home. So, like, you know what I mean? But he has he's, he's kind of unpredictable, that guy. That's another thing. So they'll have him going if it gets to Sunday. I don't know. Like I said, Steve, like to me, I, I sort of was feeling that the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays would would win this series, but I think the price is too high. Here's something else, Gabe, that would concern you laying that kind of a price. The Blue Jays, 44 and 48 against winning teams this year. Seattle, 38-33. You know, I mean, playoff baseball laying that kind of a price with a team that was sub 500. Well, anything can happen. So I'm almost, my deal is, I, w- I would just think. You take the plus 154 before the series starts, then you could buy back after as well if you wanted, right? If Seattle wins, then suddenly there's going to be a massive flip uh, in the price. But I just have a hard time laying that big of a number. And the other series number right now is minus 120. It's closer to a pick The Cleveland Guardians minus 120 against the Rays, plus 102. Are you seeing any game one prices, by the way, for like that Toronto series? Cause no. Because to see how it correlates to the series price. No, because nobody is nobody wants to tip their hand, Steve, with the pitchers. Right. Like, put it this way, bro. Uh, Manoa is listed to start for the Jays on Wednesday. <laughs> like, That'd be a strategically terrible move. Yeah, something tells me he won't, Steve. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not tipping their hand. Like, they've been pretty secretive about everything. But everyone knows it's Manoa. And Gossman's got a blister. So there's a little concern there. And then they really don't know about Sunday. But no, there's no one. They haven't set game one prices yet. But we've got the series price up. Um, and even the fan, and even the sports book, Steve, has defined it. Matchups not official. All bets will be void except matchup uh, dates do not occur. Right, but even though they are now, like the, the Mariners and the Blue Jays are, like it's this stuff is getting it's it's locked in now. But you know they they just set the hypothetical. You know, Steve, when they set the Super Bowl line, you know what I mean, when in the conference championship game and stuff like that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah sort of sort of the same thing. But I think the Guardians are the play. And I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I thought they would suck this year, Steve. But we got about 30 seconds here. But I'm gonna get some of my money back that I bet that they would suck this year. I think they'll beat the Rays in this series at home in Cleveland. The Guardians have never lost a playoff series. They've also never won a playoff series. But look, the Rays were 41 and 48 this year against winning teams. So it's another situation. Cleveland was 34 and 34. So these teams run the three-game series for a reason. They were all very mediocre at times, and I think for that reason the dogs are all alive. Yeah, you know, not enough value with me for Tampa, Steve, at plus 102. So you're going to say Tampa? I'm going to go with the Guardians. You also wonder, Gabe, you know, Cleveland's been kind of coasting. Ten and a half game lead in the division. They've wrapped it up over a couple weeks ago. You know, Tampa and Toronto both fighting hard, um, especially Tampa just to make the walk. But you wonder if they kind of have any weapons. I don't. I think, you know, and I always respect Tampa, but I don't think this is the best Tampa team going into the playoffs right now. More with Merrill on the other side. Listening to your source of sports gaming strategies and information. We call it the winning edge. It helps make the odds even. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're doing our best. It is very, very impressive. Uh, but, you know, we take this thing uh, one week at a time, uh, Steve, and we're on to week five. Game time decisions tonight was very interesting. Um <laughs> <laughs> on the program because I told Cam how much I liked the Denver Broncos. And for whatever reason, he liked the Colts. And I told him, well, I like the Broncos so much, I think I'm going to make it my pick. Right? <laughs> he said, all right, you do what you're going to do. And, and you know, I think you were right. I'm, you know, I, Your formula, I think, is good, Steve. Like, Because, yeah, I don't want to argue with him and stuff like that, right? Because <laughs> then Sharapan came on. And like you said, he got all rattled and it's like, <laughs> this was the whole theory was the cam factor. That was the whole process behind the process. <laughs> I've told you that. <laughs> I'm tired of you guys telling me what, you know, I'm, said, I didn't influence. tell you what to do. I said, put whatever picking you want. All I said is the commanders suck. Okay. So it started with the commanders. <laughs> he said, I know it's not going to be popular, but I like the commanders this week. I said, Oh God. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Gabe, though. I was thinking about this. Okay, I, I want to get your take on this. There's only three games we haven't team. won because we have a push You're and two team. losses. And I realize Cam and I are the two that haven't missed, which means we'll probably definitely miss this week. But Cam and I, in like three of the last four weeks, his top two have been my top two. And like we literally have used one of each. He likes so the been, pa- he liked the Panthers plus the points against the Niners. So I hate to tell you this. I, I, I don't like it a lot this week. But I've been looking at the the early consensus numbers, and it does look like – Tennessee is by far going to be the most public play this week. And, and look, even I can't make a case for the commanders at plus two and a half. I mean, it's not enough, Steve. Like if no, we were not. getting three I mean, and a half or four and a half, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Panthers look like the third most. Uh, the uh, Chargers and the 49ers look very public. And I can oh, he likes the Browns. For, I can make a case for fading the Niners this week. I liked them on Monday night. Cam had them in the contest. They were my other pick. You know, Bengals and Niners are going to be my two picks this week. And Cam and I both liked them. But, um, yeah, not a great spot for San Francisco going cross country to Carolina. That's his other top pick, the Bengals against the Ravens. Yeah, I'm pretty neutral on that one. I don't. The spot for the Bengals was like, although what I, about I the... it's not a great spot for Baltimore, but it's almost a must win. I don't know what to make of that though. But you're more comfortable with the Denver pick, right? Like, yeah, dude, I think it's a good spot. It's a I short. Like, I don't see myself on the Colts in that spot. I'm a little surprised by Cam in that one. I'm not. What was he looking at there? He had no logic. It was a gut okay, thing. He that said. makes like, me feel better then. Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't. He even admitted that he didn't. <laughs> I started dropping facts on him and stuff. He didn't like it. Yeah, he just he just thinks he can't pick no wrong now because he hasn't missed a game all yeah, year. He's just hey, throwing darts. He's got a free pass on this. So exactly. I told him, hey, you know, you, you keep rolling on it. Keep keep rolling on it. I've been but, pleasantly surprised. Like he he's sent me over like his top two the last couple of weeks, and they're exactly the two I was looking at. We hadn't even talked yet, so he's been seeing things really sharp. Um, and it's interesting he says Commanders and Panthers because. He might be looking at what I'm looking at, like the real anti-public stuff, because that definitely qualifies. My anti-public pick was the the Cardinals, although I think Ranieri will probably week, pick them. Yeah. Yeah, surprisingly, the Cardinals were public last week, and I liked them last week. And um, they made my video over there, Wager Talk, um, and that was against the Panthers. So the public wants nothing to do with Carolina, I guess, is the takeaway, which is understandable. What, may feel yeah, and, and what about Philadelphia? They're so trendy and popular right now. Yeah, the thing is, Steve. Arizona's two wins are on the road, which sort of is strange, right? But so I don't know. Listen, you beat Carolina. It is what it is. But a win is a win in the NFL. So they beat Carolina, and then they beat the Raiders on the road when they came back. They lost their first game of the year to the Chiefs. Is there a ton, a ton of shame in that? But they did get, you know, they, they got throttled there. 
their home games have been the problem for them. But it's almost that, are Philadelphia that good, and are they overpriced now, Steve? I guess that's the question. You know, it's funny, Gabe, is I'm looking at the early numbers here as we talk, and, you know, obviously I do the video on Friday night when I have more consensus data, but right now it does not look like the Eagles are going to be that public, surprisingly. The public likes Arizona for some reason. I don't – the fact that the only undefeated team in football is not public makes me almost feel like Arizona's public. Does that make sense? It's almost like they're a public dog here. No, no, yeah, 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 you're right. It's, it's the public contrarian. It's the public yeah. contrarian dog, yeah. And last week the money came in on Carolina, and the public was on Arizona, so – I don't know if it's the Kyler let's, Murray let's just factor. Let's admit, Steve, that the public is having a hard time like everybody, and I'll admit I'm part of the public too, <laughs> and the media. The Cardinals are a hard team to figure out, Steve. Kyler Murray has not looked good, though. That's my concern. You know, I need yeah, but to he hasn't, something. But he hasn't had his weapons, and with Rondell Moore back last true. week, it made a big difference. That is true. Very good point. And um, I think people aren't buying into the Eagles. You know, keep in mind, back in week two, the Vikings were a very public underdog on Monday night football, you know, so the public hasn't been on board the Eagles until recently. And it seems like they're still not believers in them being the only undefeated yeah. team. I don't know if it's the public, but I think it could be the so-called sharp Steve. Cause it's a good point that you raised. If you look last week, they opened up as seven and a half point favorites against the Jags and it got bet down, not up. It got bet down to six and a half. They were losing in the first half. Right. So, I mean, that's another thing. They didn't exactly blow Jacksonville away, I guess is, you know, they came back to win, but. Yeah, it's interesting. The Eagles don't seem like they're, like, flying away with public sentiment yet, which is kind of interesting to me. They kind of are, though. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the media. I mean, the media have anointed them, the, the, you know, this and that. But the the market isn't reflecting it. I guess you're right. Um, the Bills are 14-point favorites. It's a lot. It's a lot. But can can anybody make a case for Pittsburgh? You look what Buffalo did to Tennessee that night, Steve, and what that was 41-7. You can sort of see the same type of thing playing out here. Normally, I would be all over 14 points if I could talk myself into any any team getting 14, but I just don't see it with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, the one way I could talk you, I'm not in love with Pittsburgh here by any means, but the one way I could talk you into maybe taking the big points is that just look at the scheduling set up here. Buffalo, you know, last second field goal win at Baltimore, last second loss at Miami the week before, and guess where they are next week? At Kansas City and then Green Bay after a bye. So I know it's Pittsburgh. I don't think they'll overlook this game, but it's definitely not a good scheduling spot. Sandwiched between three big road games. Yeah, I know. I And normally I would say they don't even know where they're going to be playing the next week, but I guarantee you they know they're playing the Chiefs. <laughs> like I, that's I would be lying if I, I said that. Max sent us the point spread earlier. I know he's yeah. listening. Um. Yeah, shout out to Montreal Max. So I, I would I would buy it. But one thing, Steve, this is only the Bills' second home game of the year. Right? Like it's pretty crazy. Like if you look, they, they've been on the road all the time. They were in Los Angeles. They were in Miami. They were in Baltimore. They smashed Tennessee at home. So they want to put on a show for their fans, which could be a danger sometimes in the past. But I think they get dialed in and they just get they get into that zone. And I'm not in love with it either, Steve. I'm you know, like, I can't say, oh yeah, we got to lay 14 points in this game, right? But I'm just saying, don't forget, the Bills were up 10 nothing at the half last year on the Steelers, took the pedal off the medal, lost the game outright. I think they'll remember that and not take the pedal off the medal. And not to mention, Kenny Pickett's making his first start, Steve, at Buffalo. It's going to be a tough, tough environment for him. You know, but the funny thing about that, Gabe, though, that's like the one thing you can make a case for the Steelers. It's kind of a buy-and-hope scenario. But you know they've been terrible throwing the ball. And I was just going to say, I want nothing to do with a 14-point dog that can't throw the ball because they have no backdoor cover potential. But then again, that's the unknown. Maybe Pickett comes in and plays fantastic. So just too much uncertainty for me in that game. I think he's going to throw a bunch of picks and he's going to fumble a bunch of times. But the spread is too high. Um, I told you and I said to people on the show earlier in the week, I want to take the New York Giants. The Giants are road warriors, Steve. And it's a neutral game, but whatever. It's away from Met Life. It's away it's from a the metal game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big, yeah, long road game. But man, I like the Vikings last week, too. I would, I would, we would have got the win in there. It would have barely yeah, was won. That two and a half in the contest, Gabe. So, yes, I mean, sir. Was, yeah, it was. And you yeah. would have been sweating that, man. Look, yeah, I mean, it was 25. The Cowboys was a much easier win. So I'm yeah, that was a smoother that. pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You didn't want that. Unless you, well, you might but at, like, least, at least you saw my two picks both won, right? I was like, I said either the Vikings or the Cowboys, and I trusted the Cowboys more in the end. The only cool thing, Gabe, had you taken Minnesota is the Shady Five would have had two wins before the 1 o'clock Eastern games kicked off for the week. That's how good we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been nice <laughs> that would have been nice so the Giants and you know I'll be honest Steve I'm one of these guys too and betters that I'll sort of downplay play an injury more oh Daniel Jones is this I'm like these guys are tough right and 
I also, I, like I told Cam today, I said, man, just because a guy's ankle doesn't feel great on Monday or Tuesday, it doesn't mean, it, you know what I mean? Sunday's a long time away. They they, they have great rehab. They have great methods uh, throughout the week. They massage therapy and this and that. They got all kinds of different methods. But at the same point in time, I think there's a real problem. Like, it's not just like, oh, he's got to play through pain. Tyrod Taylor's got a concussion. Daniel Jones's ankle is not in good shape. And word out of New York, I'm keeping her in Davis Webb this, Davis Webb that. So it sort of turns me off. I'm leaning Denver a lot. I am. And, uh, you know, if there's ever a spot on a short week in a city you don't want to go to, it's the altitude, Steve, as well. That just compounds this. Yeah. And Denver's defense is good, Steve. It's one thing. Their defense is good. They're going to terrorize Matt Ryan. Yeah, we, we talk every week about there's a definite advantage for the home teams in these Thursday night games because they're both playing on three days rest. The road team loses a day preparation due to travel. But then, you, as you said, you have the altitude factor. So if you're both fatigued, it's going to hurt Indianapolis more because they're not used to the thin air. And there's also some upside with Denver. You know, they've really been playing below average with the new coach. He's been making mistakes. Um, they've got the better quarterback in Russell Wilson. I still think he can play. And Colts have scored 20 or less in all four games this year. It's not like Denver hasn't been good offensively either, but neither have the Colts. Uh, just does not look like a good spot. We'll see where the line is in the contest on Wednesday afternoon. We're seeing a lot yes. of minus three, minus 120s right now. I'm hoping it holds at three at the Westgate. If it's three and a half, it's going to be a tougher decision for you. Oh, God, I hope it isn't, Steve, because then, uh, yeah, then i got to rack my brain some more. Yeah, that would <laughs> I probably wait and just you know have more information for Friday and Saturday. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I wish the numbers would come out sooner, but there's so much uncertainty. And as you said, I've never seen so many injuries so early in the season. Uh, actually, Bovey's a uh, big injury guy too, so I know he's gonna prefer to wait. So, um, yeah, yeah, Bovey, like, yeah, you're right. Bovey is a big injury watch guy. Right, and finally, in closing, we got about 30 seconds here. I know this is crazy, but I don't think the Jets are a crazy play this week, getting the points. Yeah, Miami's looking pretty public from what I'm looking at right now. Uh, that's definitely a game I'm keeping an eye on, and it's not a great setup for Miami. So, yeah, no. the Jets have actually been pretty serviceable since that first week. We could be getting three and a half, four in a contest, Steve, in that game. Let's keep our eye on the point spread on that one. Yeah, I agree. That's what I am looking at. Good stuff. Steve, always a pleasure. Let's get it. Thanks, Steve. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Let's roll. Interesting conversation with um, Steve Merrill. The countdown to kickoff is on Thursday night uh, football. We're trying to lock things in here. Um, the uh, the shady five seventeen two and one start to the uh, the season great start 
Uh, great start, but you're only as good as your next pick. And it really is amazing because I've been through this before. And I got to be honest, uh, the other team that we're on, and we finished in eighth place uh, with the other team um, in the past. I think we were called, I don't even know what we were called. I think we were called Team Sports Rage. So was it Sports Rage? Well, I don't, I don't remember what we were called. Actually, when we finished in eighth place years ago. Maybe somebody else will. I'll have to ask the, the guys on the team. But anyways, we're called Team Reunited. It's called, it's not Team, it's just Reunited, actually. So not Team Reunited. It's just Reunited in the standings. And we're 14 and 6. So 70%, very good. Right? Like, you know, there's no, uh, that, that's very, it's not 17, 2, and 1. Uh, but, you know, 14 and 6, very good. And there's less pressure on us individually <laughs> with, with Reunited. It's much more... Like, we, we all agreed on the Shady Five that we're all going to give a pick. You know, there's five of us. There's the five picks. And whatever happens, happens. And that's what we've been doing. And we're 17-2-1. Right? That's what we've been doing. Um, reunited is more people suggest picks, and then we'll put a five up, and we'll say, can you live with this? And then somebody will say, well, you know what? I like the four of them, but I got a problem with this. And we'll sort of, you know, we're, we're, it's a little bit more democratic. It's it's a more democratic process with reunited. So there's not so much the you we better not lose this game because you picked it type of thing. Right? Like we all agreed on them. Like we you know it's more like I said. There's different ways of going about this, right? There's different ways. We're 14 and six right now with reunited and 17 two and one. The goal is to finish in the money, obviously, with both teams, uh, which is top 30. Yet we'd like to do better than top 30. So all you know, all, all, all we can do is take it. Uh, all we can do is take it one game at a time, one week at a time. I can tell you my own personal opinions, though. I like the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are going to beat the Colts on on Thursday night. The only team that won on the road on Thursday night so far this year was the Buffalo Bills. They it wasn't on three days rest. It was the first game of the year. It's very difficult to win on three days rest and go on the road. And, you know, it's one thing as well, if you go on the road on three days rest against a divisional opponent that geographically is close to you and you play all the time and you know them inside out, then it's not as big of a deal. Because it's like, yeah, whatever, we know this team and we know what they're going to do. And, you know what I mean? We don't really, you know, we don't have to learn anything new. The Colts don't go to Denver all the time, right? Geographically, it's, you know what I mean? They got to go to Denver. You're dealing with the altitude. The Denver Broncos are 2-0 at home. They haven't lost at home. Has it been pretty? Has it been smooth? No. But the Indianapolis Colts don't have anything going for them. Right? Their quarterback is struggling. Their offensive line is struggling. Matt Ryan is getting lit up. He can't complete a pass to anybody. Their wide receivers don't get open. Jonathan Taylor, the teams are stacking the box. Jonathan Taylor, he's got a bad ankle. He can barely walk. Like, he's leaning there. They're going to play. He needs to play. But how is he going to get through the football game? Uh, Darius, no longer Darius. Shaquille Leonard, he's not playing. He's got a concussion and a broken nose. He's got bad luck with injuries, this guy. Uh, he's not playing in the football game. And look what's happened to the uh, look, look what's happened to the Indianapolis Colts when they've gone on the road this year. It's been a disaster. Like, this team has not traveled well. All right, it starts, it goes back to the first game, um, the first game of the season in which uh, they went to Houston. They came Houston, let them, we let them off the hook. Houston let them off the hook. Houston, um, Houston should have won that football game. It ended up being a tie when it was all said and done. But it was a disaster. The Colts are one and three against the spread on the season. Their only cover was the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So they go on the road at Houston. They're down like twenty to nothing, 17-3, twenty to nothing, or whatever. It ends in a twenty twenty tie. They go to Jacksonville. They lose twenty four nothing. They host Kansas City. They come up with a nice miracle win. Kansas City just sort of beat themselves. And then last week we took the Tennessee Titans. And um, and it was 24-17, but whatever. The Titans murdered them, right? The game, the final score isn't as close as, uh, as it was indicated. So now on three days rest, they're beat up. Their best defensive player isn't playing. Their star running back is hurt. Their quarterback sucks. And they're going into the Mile High uh, City 
or the Denver Broncos are very difficult to beat. Even like they were tough to beat when Paxton Lynch was their quarterback there. Tim Tebow won a home playoff game there. It's a hard place to play. I don't I don't think there's that many places that you could say right now that listen, that's a really hard place that we're going to play right now. And Denver is one of them. It's loud as hell. People talk about Seattle being loud. Denver is loud. That stadium shakes as well. So it's really got that insane type of vibe going. People in Denver party hard. They're all wasted, like our boy Vegas T-Bone there. You see the videos he's posting. Woohoo! Like they're nut jobs. <laughs> they're football mad. It's a football mad city. And the altitude, the fans are like right over the field. The altitude kicks in with the other team. The Broncos always just play better. Their defense like feasts, uh, you know, just they, they feed off the atmosphere there. I'd say Seattle is another place that is still sort of like a special place. And you saw Denver had problems on the road there. I wouldn't say Buffalo, but Buffalo lose at home sometimes. So I, you, know, you can't say that Buffalo is an impossible place to play. It is pretty wild, and it's quite the scene there. Because a lot of the stadiums are pretty generic. You know what I mean? Like the new stadiums. Like you go to Cowboy Stadium, you go to SoFi, you know, Allegiant. You'll notice the teams don't have a problem winning in these stadiums, right? Like they, it, it's 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 equal for everybody. The, the visiting dressing room is as nice as the as the home team is, right? Everything is new. Everything is nice. The crowd sort of gets softened by the luxurious stadium. Philly are still nut jobs. That's a tough place to go play, but it's not. There's a handful of places. Denver is one of the places. I'm afraid of Buffalo, Gabe. If the Falcons had to go to Buffalo this weekend, I wouldn't even think they'd have a chance on winning. I think well, you know they what? wouldn't just. Now. They wouldn't. No, you wouldn't because the Bills are a million times better. Yeah, you exactly. saying you you ever yeah, been to a Bills game in Buffalo? I'd actually be afraid of. If they play tough, they have a chance. The Falcons could play, play tough in Buffalo. They're still going to lose by at least 10 points. Yeah, but that's not because of the city. I feel the stadium, though. I feel that Buffalo stadium behind the end zone. I feel like you guys have great fans, great energy. I think the defense feeds off of that energy as well. I think another tough place to play sometimes is San Francisco. Look at what happened to the Rams yesterday. San Francisco was lit last night. I don't think anybody could have beat San Francisco yesterday in that stadium. Yeah, San Francisco. They they they're pretty. That's a pretty serious place. That when they they get died, you know that beat LA chant stuff and going last night. Like they're into it. Beat LA, beat LA, beat LA. It's uh, there's sort of like San Francisco Giants. That's just a great rivalry. There's listen. There's a lot of great environments, but. Fans like the crowd doesn't really affect teams and the game as much as like people think like oh it's going to be rocking there whatever it's been rocking in Buffalo for sixty years they never won a Super Bowl before right like there's a lot of stadiums where it's rocking but as I was saying there's there's a few places where it's a challenge for whatever reason for players and, you know when you look at college it's the same way like teams like go to like Oregon State to die. Why? It's in the middle of nowhere. You'll always hear that. It's like, well, we're not used to playing in the middle of the woods, man, in the dark, in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right? Like it throws, oh, we got to go to Pullman, right? And you know what I mean? Sort of like these weird places. If you're playing in like big cities and nice stadiums and stuff, it doesn't throw you off, right? They, they're used to it. But Denver, like I said, Denver's just got that that environment. Plus, you can't breathe in the air. Denver's going to win this game. It's going to be like, uh, it'll go under. It'll be a lower scoring game. Another thing is, too, Denver's offense, like, it has shown signs, right? Like, they moved the ball last week. They should have covered the spread last week, actually, that game. Losing Javante Williams didn't help. Um, and they couldn't get the stop late. You know, it looked like they were going to get the backdoor cover, but... If you look at both teams, and Denver are not perfect right now, but if you look at both teams, the Denver Broncos have a hell of a lot less problems than the Indianapolis Colts do. Like, okay, you want to talk about Russell Wilson this and Russell Wilson that. Russell Wilson's dealing with a new situation. It's not easy. It doesn't matter who you are. Like, if you're a new quarterback, you're going to a new system, and you got you, you have a new coach, and his problem is, you know, like Matt Stafford goes to the Rams, whatever. McVay is a genius. McVay knows what he's doing. 
right? Like Hackett doesn't. So you 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 know you get there, you're Russell Wilson. You got to deal with this guy that can barely get you to damn play and uh, to your helmet on time before you snapped it. We're into week five now. If you'll notice, Hackett is settled in right now. It's not the train wreck and stuff uh, as far as the coaching is concerned. They have the big strike uh, capability. Like, basically, like, who does Indianapolis have? Like, how do Indianapolis win the game? They're going to need to what? That hope that, you know, Russell Wilson turns the ball over a bunch of times and Melvin Gordon fumbles and they scoop and score. I just think it'll be one of these deals where Denver's defense will terrorize Indianapolis's offense and Denver's offense, you know, they'll kick it. You know what this game's going to be? This game's going to be what Dallas and Washington was this past week. And that was my pick this past week. That's what this game is going to be. Dallas didn't route them. Like, you know what I mean? It was a little closer than a 25-10 score would indicate. You know what I mean? But Dallas kicked a bunch of field goals, scored a couple of touchdowns, and terrorized uh, Carson Wentz. That'll be the same thing. Indy will be lingering around and stuff, but Denver will come up with the sack. You know, Matt Ryan's going to fumble, guys. So that's what I was going to ask. You want Matt Ryan or you want Russell Wilson? I'll take Russell Wilson, thanks. You want Michael Pittman or you want Jerry Judy and, and Sutton? I'll take the Denver Bronco wide receivers. I'll take the Bronco defense. It's a better defense. I'll take the home field. You can do what you want. But for those of you that are tuning in, for our opinion, our opinion is a strong one. The Denver Broncos will win, and they will cover this football game. As I, you know, look, the Cowboys won 25-10. I think it'll be right around the same score. 23 21-10, 21-10, 21-13, 24-13. Either way, Denver get the cover. I could talk myself into the Giants plus eight before we're done this week. We're going to monitor the health situation of Daniel Jones. He's got a bad ankle, and I got to tell you, flying a, uh, you know, it is New York to London, so whatever. It's like five and a half, six hours or whatever. It's not that bad. But it doesn't help. Remember all the Saint players were hurt and they all went to London, and most of them didn't play. Like I said, I don't think it's ideal traveling to London when you're injured. But the Packers don't blow anybody out. This is sports rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
God, I love today's uh, sports fan in the sports chat. They're all experts that know who's going to win every game. They all seem to be pretty poor <laughs> in real life, like the the the, the definition, the the uh, the parallel. Like I said in the video, perception and reality are two different things. Perception and reality. Not everybody. Uh, not not everybody, of course. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time on a Thursday nighter, and it's only uh, it's only Tuesday. It's not it's not even Wednesday yet. Normally we do this on Wednesday, but we're fired up for this week. And I'm isolating. I'm, I'm really looking at this game deeply. So there is the SMU and UCF game tomorrow. Um, I guess it's because of the hurricane. They had to move this game, so they're playing it on Wednesday. There's been a lot of talk about, oh, SMU and the, the bunch of players enter the transfer portal. So as we stated earlier, they're starting safety, one of their cornerbacks, and two wide receivers, one of them who's good and one of them isn't uh, left. So four players. It's not the end of the world here. I'm going to go with Central Florida. I'm going to go with Central Florida, but I can't tell you that I'm like madly in love with it, but we're going to bet it because it's a game on, on TV on Wednesday night. Like I said, Central Florida can underachieve at times. But at the same point in time, uh, Central Florida should be able to exploit uh, the secondary, right? SMUs, and you know where we're going with this, there should be points in this game. There should be points in every SMU and UCF football game. Tune in to Game Time Decisions tomorrow at 6 o'clock Eastern. We'll be breaking it down, uh, and uh, we'll be loading up on this game, and we'll we'll keep chipping away. We went 3-0 and tonight. We, were, we gave you the Ottawa Senators on the team. Tonight on Game Time Decisions, we gave you the Ottawa Senators winner. The New Orleans Pelicans winner. And uh, San Diego to beat San Francisco tonight. Winner, 3-0. Let's keep it rolling. Build the bankroll so we can load up on some football. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.